This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Show your good side to the world and get rewarded. Become a plasma donor at Griffles and receive up to $800 your first month. You'll help save the lives of millions of patients. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. The Clutch within the Clutch Sports Apparel, your one-stop shop for all your unique Phantom Sports Apparel with fully licensed merchandise covering the major five sports, your favorite players, and all the teams from every major city with unique feature designs that only you as the fan will have. Go to InTheClutch.com and use promo code BellyUpMDFFSHOW for 10% off your order today with free shipping on orders of $100 or more. Again, that's promo code BellyUpMDFFSHOW for 10% off your unique fandom collection today. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome in, MD Nation, and thank you for tuning in to the MD's Fantasy Football Show live on YouTube at the MD's Fantasy Football Show channel. Please subscribe when you get the chance and get notifications whenever we have new content for you. And make sure you're downloading us on your favorite podcast apps. You can listen to our episodes at your earliest convenience, like when you're going to a 4th of July barbecue or your summer vacation trips, whatever the case may be, it's better with the MD's Fantasy Football Show. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. I am so happy to be able to introduce to you guys a wonderful guest. I've been after her for a long time. Ms. Lauren Carpenter, better known as Stepmom Lauren, part of the Fantasy Sports Writers Association. Great fantasy expert. Make sure you guys are giving her a follow at Stepmom Lauren. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Can we like just restart that so I can sound really important and special again? That was great. Thank you. Thank you I'm for having me. I'm, I'm honored to be here. <laughs> I know I'm, you know, my, my parents say I'm special. I get it. It's fine. <laughs> I do have another introduction to make, actually. She's making her debut on the show. She'll be with us for at least the rest of the summer. I'd have my fingers crossed for more because she's a great intern. Danielle, she go we go to school in Emerson in, up in Boston right now, right? And so that's where she's going to school yeah. at. And she's the one producing the show today hopefully a lot of other shows coming up and whenever you see our intern clip our intern clips our tiktok clips she's the one doing it that's that's where that is coming from so danielle introduce yourself everybody hi guys i'm danielle dubois i'm a sophomore at emerson college in boston and i'm so excited to be here and hopefully talk some sports with you guys someday absolutely so she's gonna produce the show she'll pop in every once in a while i give her a little bit of freedom to try to make her voice be heard when we get when we can get her in there but uh danielle tell everybody what are we going to be talking about in today's episode we are going to be talking about team profiles for the afc north 
Love it. Love it. All right, Danielle, we are going to see you in a few minutes. I am sure of it. But let's get this thing rolling because we got a lot to talk about in the AFC North today. So let's hit it for our quarterbacks with our obvious starts. Obvious starters. Welcome back, Captain Obvious. Yes, I am. Remember, the obvious starts, that's our elite tier. The guys we know, no matter what, they're going to be in our lineups every single week. But what's their overall potential value? And of course, with the AFC North, I'm talking about Lamar Jackson. Now, Lamar Jackson right now, his ADP is QB4. I'm a little bit higher. I got him ranked at QB2 right now overall. And it shouldn't be a shock as to why. He runs. He runs a lot, okay? That's why I have him up there a couple spots ahead. But, Lauren, when you look at Lamar Jackson, what do you think about him betting on himself? Because right now there's still no contract extension worked out for him, so that's a little bit up in the air. Will he actually play on a one-year deal? And if he does, what do you think that will be? And presumably, if the offense is healthier, will he be able to get back to his efficiency in the red zone? Because that's one of the things that made him special. It wasn't just the rushing. It was how efficient he was with his touchdown percentage. Yeah, this is going to be really interesting. I don't see a path of Lamar Jackson not playing. So not only is it super boss to, you know, for him to be relying on himself that he's doing, which I, you know, mad kudos, respect for that. Um, I I'm, I'm can almost guarantee that they're going to get something done because he does need to be on the field. Uh, I, that's not even a question. So, yeah, we're going to see him on the field. Um, his red zone... Ugh, what worries me right now is the thing going on with J.K. Dobbins and what is going on with their run game. Now, Lamar Jackson, he's known for his, you know, legs. Let's let's all just be honest. He is one of those elite mobile rushing quarterbacks. We love him for that. I don't know if he's going to be able to uh, to step it up here without Marquise Hollywood Brown, but we'll see because I like what Bateman's been able to do. But he can take a step forward, I think, and um, no matter what, he's 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 in your lineup. It's not even, it's not even a question. He's just one of those, one of those guys. You just don't, don't overthink it. Well, yeah. And, and everybody looks at last year, he, he was dealing with some injuries, but just overall, you kind of felt like the production you were getting him on a week to week basis. Wasn't quite there, but I want to point out to everybody. He was still on pace for another 1000 rushing yard season. Yeah. That was not in the decline, even though they were throwing the ball more, it was not detracting from his ability to be able to run. There's opportunities, I should say, to be able to run. And that's something that even I brought up going into last season. We thought he was going to throw more. How would that affect it? It didn't affect it at all. Mm -mm. Let me ask you this. I mean, we know Michael Vick used to be the GOAT when it comes to scrambling quarterback. Is that now Lamar Jackson? Oh, that's a great analogy. I think so. You know, I, I really do. And I and I really do think that Lamar Jackson has a very talented arm. Um, but the injuries have been an issue. His illnesses have also been an issue as well. Yeah. So staying healthy and staying on the field is going to be something that all of us fantasy managers are going to be lamenting. You know, like, hey, make sure you're in the lineup. Sorry about that. If y'all can hear a whining dog. No, I'm not torturing her. She's a puppy. <laughs> She's uh, very upset that there's things going on outside the room that she cannot be a part of. She's, She's being tortured by not being paid attention to for five seconds while we have your attention here. <laughs> That's all good, though. Yeah. And last question when it comes to Lamar. Like I said, I have him at QB, too. Where do you have him at or where are you willing to take him? Oh, I'm a late quarterback kind of girl. I like to wait until the later rounds to take one of those elite quarterbacks. So for me, I'm going to pass up on Lamar Jackson. But I think where you have him ranked is really good. <laughs> Yes, we, we love dogs here, and it's, it's all good. Hey, Danielle, why don't we move it over to the lock them in Lock-em in. It's a lock. We're locking in Joe Burrow. Yeah, I know that's not a shock, but I will say this. I'm a little bit lower than the ADP is on him right now. Right now, he's sitting at QB6. I have him at QB8, because if you look at it last season, that's about where he finished at to begin with. He just has a little bit of a limited ceiling when you see some of the other quarterbacks that are out in front of him because he's not going to run quite as much. I do wonder, though, because last year they started him off a little bit slow because they're trying to work him back from his knee injury, and then they just unleashed him after, like, week six. If they do that again, we could be looking at, not maybe not quite, but close to Tom Brady-esque numbers when it comes to the amount of pass attempts. Like, Tom Brady threw it, like, 731 times last season. Could he get close to 700? Yeah, I think he could. And this offense is setting up for that to be the case. So I think he has one of the highest floors. But what's his ceiling, in your opinion, if they just unleash him? 
uh, how much time do we have and how how high is the sky? It's gonna <laughs> it's gonna be my it's gonna be my question. There was something so special about what Joe Burrow did after you know his injury, and then they got his best buddy, and that there there are no words like that you can really put into where that can go. And look what look what he did in that year back, and he's afraid of nothing, like literally afraid of nothing. You just got your knee blown to smithereens and you're just like, whatever, I don't care. Put me back in coach. Like it's, it's crazy what he's able to do. I love Joe Burrow. Um, I think that where the Bengals are going with that offense is incredibly, I mean, like I I'm verklempt. I'm like speechless right now because sky's the limit for them. There, there really is no limit. There is no ceiling to what he can do. And he's going to be that quarterback in my opinion over the next few years, that is going to be in that same category as not even a question, the Patrick Mahomes, the Lamar Jacksons. And that's where I see him going, not only this year, but in the future as well. Very exciting and optimistic for the Bengals. Well, and, and everyone's talking about, you know, you have the Chargers duo at wide receiver. You have, you know, some of these other really high talented duo wide receivers out there in the league. But is there really anything better than a Jamar Chase and T Higgins? Not just from their talent perspective, but the fact that these guys are still getting better because they are so young. It's untapped. We don't, yeah. we don't even, we haven't even seen it yet. So now the raw. One thing was, it's just going to get refined and prettier every year. Exactly. Well, at, least, at least that's the hope. And sometimes we have mm-hmm. some down years in there, but I, I think I'm on the Mars side of it's going to keep getting better. The question then becomes, okay, so am I in my fantasy drafts? Where am I taking a guy like a Joe Burrow? And, and for me, he's kind of like, he's that first quarterback I'm looking at because I'm like you, I'd rather wait at the quarterback position if I possibly can. Now I will throw this out there. I've seen some drafts, Lamar Jackson sitting there in the fifth, sixth round. I might, that might pull the trigger. That's going to be the case. That might be a little, little too much to pass up on. (laughs) I completely understand (laughs) who he's playing with that. He's going to be there. And what? Exactly. And and I've seen that happen a few times, but with Burrow, we're talking about seventh, eighth round territory. Yeah. That's about when, if I'm going to take a guy who I, I think has top five ceiling, but I know has a top eight floor, that's when I'm going to start to look at the quarterback situation. So Burrow's going to be on a lot of one of my teams there. But I, I mean, what about you? Oh, agreed. Absolutely agreed. And I think that this is going to, probably going to be the last year that we ever see Joe Burrow fall that far in a draft. So especially if you're in keeper leagues, everybody – this might be that situation where you snag him if he does drop as far as that. I would be shocked, um, especially as we are continuing over through the summer and then all the hype starts coming out with training camps and all the, you know, hullabaloo that we're going to be talking about. I would be surprised if he does um, stay in that ADP. But if he does, I, he's mine. I will fight you for him. Because <laughs> that's a great, it's a great deal right there. Absolutely. And stacking with uh, Jamar Chase as well. Uh yeah, totally. I'm stacking with T Higgins while you're at it, because why not? Why not? Um, the next thing we gotta talk about, we unfortunately have to talk about it, but it is AFC North. So we gotta at least say a few comments on the fantasy side of it. Go ahead, Danielle. Hit the uh, lookout. Look out for all right. So we gotta look out for Deshaun Watson. Now, his ADP says a QB 17. I have him ranked at QB 13. Both are irrelevant, obviously, because we don't know what's gonna happen on the court side. As, as of right now, they've had their hearings. And we're still waiting for it. We're talking about after July 11th right now is the hope that we're going to have some sort of, you know, sentencing or whatever the case is going to be at that point and have a better idea. What I do want to talk about from a fantasy standpoint when it comes to Sean Watson is let's assume he plays. Let, let, well, I think I just lost Lauren here for a second. We'll, we'll get her. Oh, okay. Yeah, she just had to step away for one second. Not a problem there. So we're just going to keep moving along. Deshaun Watson, if he plays, the question is going to become, Kevin Stefanski, what is that going to look like? And there's a lot of talk about, you know, Stefanski, he's run first, but obviously bringing a guy like Deshaun Watson, well, the volume passing-wise is going to have to go up. And it might to some degree, but I think this would surprise a lot of people. Deshaun Watson, on average, he only has about 33 pass attempts a game. Kevin Stefanski already, since he's taken over the Cleveland Brown offense, they've averaged about 31 pass attempts a game. We're talking about two extra pass attempts. Now, that could actually be a full game by the time we get down to a 17-game season and a difference in volume. But obviously, when you add Watson, when you put in the contract that you did, you're expecting it to lean a little bit more the other way. And we got we got stepmom Lori come back. She's had to take care of the dog real quick. It's all good there. 
I was just talking about Deshaun Watson and what his impact on the offense is and just pointing out that really over his career, he hasn't been this high-volume passer to get to his, his fantasy expectations. About 33 pass attempts a game. With Kevin Stefanski and the Browns and Baker Mayfield, they've averaged about 31 pass attempts a game over the past couple of years. So we're only talking about two extra attempts. It, the offense might not change that much, and Watson could still get his volume. But what are you, what are you seeing with his mix with Stefanski? So if we even see him play this year, which not even not even a guarantee, who knows, maybe half the year, I don't know. Um, this is a run-first offense. So when you're evaluating what is going to happen with the Browns, it is 100% running through Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And understand that going in, that it's also going to be through Deshaun Watson, because like you were just saying, he is one of those you know mobile rushing quarterbacks. I don't rely on his arm. He hasn't played in quite some time. <laughs> that also really bothers me. Yeah. So I'm I'm staying away from it. I, I am bummed that Amari Cooper is there. I don't trust Donovan Peoples-Jones. And it's not because I don't believe in, you know, Deshaun Watson's arm. But this year, it is going to be really, really tricky for the Browns. It's going to be very, very tricky for the Browns. Not just from the emotional standpoint and everything that's going on with Deshaun Watson and yeah, that whole situation is very murky and and unfortunate. But when it comes to their offense, I don't know. This is this is going to be a, a run first team. It's going to stay that way. It's going to be Kareem Hunt. It's going to be Nick Chubb as long as they can stay healthy, obviously, and on the field. And if after that, maybe Jarvis Johnson is he even still on the roster? I haven't even kept up with the Browns. Yes. That's how much I don't care about anything that has to do with their offense, except for those two guys. And that's all completely fair. We'll talk about Amari. That sounds very salty. Might, I sounded super be. salty right there. No, I don't blame you. It's so it's it's quite quite fine. Total totally fits what should be the situation there with Cleveland Browns anyway. Uh, all right, I guess we have to talk about the Steeler quarterbacks. Why? Be cautious of. <laughs> be cautious of those Steeler quarterbacks. Everyone. <laughs> yeah, I look. You're not going to be redraft leagues, especially. You're not drafting Kenny Pickett. You're not drafting Mitchell Trubisky, and it, it shows in her ADP. Kenny Pickett right now is a little bit higher than Tr- Trubisky is at the moment. QB twenty six, QB thirty three. I got him ranked back to back. I guess the big thing is trying to figure out for the rest of the lineups which one's going to be the starter. Right now, there's and this is what I love about this time of year. Mm-hmm. It depends on what beat writer you're talking to. One has Kenny Pickett. It's like, oh, yeah, he's definitely going to be able to compete. There's a possibility he's going to be there in week one. And then the other beat writer is like, oh, Mr. Trubisky's way in front. Pickett's all the way back in the third string. There's no contest here. So here's my thing I don't know if there's a difference. Between style, expected production, because what do both these guys do? Short, intermediate throwers. Mm-hmm. While it can't be much worse than what it was with Ben Roethlisberger last season, how is that much different than what you already had? What do you think, Lauren? You know, I agree with you. This this whole situation doesn't really make sense. And again, depending on who it is that you're reading or listening to, it's either going to be Mitchell Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. Who knows what is going to happen with this? I mean, obviously, we're completely avoiding this whole situation, but... Um, this can be interesting for the pass catchers because, like you said, this, these are not big bomb Patrick Mahomes type numbers that we're talking about here. There shouldn't be much that changes because not really much has changed outside of Ben retiring. So I'm curious to what well, James Washington is gone. Like, if anyone cared about that, sorry, James Washington, if you're <laughs> listening to this, I apologize, my friend. But I don't know. Um, I don't think anything's really going to change. No one is going to go anywhere near any of those quarterbacks unless you're in like the deepest of deepest leagues, which is silly. Don't do that. Like find a new one. Um, But the pass catchers around them, I think are going to be just fine. I I, I tend to agree with that. We're going to get that a little more in the show. I will say from a dynasty standpoint, um, I'm not a fan of Kenny Pickett there either because he's just, there's not much ceiling. I think in his talent window, we talked about this at nauseum during the NFL draft process over and over and over again. There's just not much to his ceiling. So I would actually look more towards a Desmond Ritter, maybe even taking a shot on Malik Willis. Mm-hmm. If you're still looking to do your rookie drafts there for Kenny Pickett. But- hey, Dan, did right. you know that Kenny Pickett has small hands? <laughs> just in case here, just thought I would throw that out for anyone who lives under a rock. And, and my comp was to another small hands guy, Daniel Jones. That, that's, that's what I conned Kenny Pickett <laughs> to, to, to begin with. So they that's all really good. Yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense. They all stay together. Uh, let's move into the running backs. A little more positivity to talk about. Obvious starters. Welcome back, Captain Obvious. Yes, I am. So Najee Harris. There's a lot of things going on right now with Najee Harris in the 
fantasy industry. And I'm going to be curious to see where Stepmom Lauren here falls on that. So his ADP is RB6. I have him ranked at RB5. Everyone agrees he's he's a, at least a mid-level running RB1. There, there's no question about it there. But I'm looking for reasons to move him higher than even the RB5 that I have him at. Because I don't look at his inefficiencies last year. They get 3.9 yards uh, per carry. I believe it was 4.96 yards per target last year. Very low marks as far as the efficiency goes. But when you look at the offense, you look at Ben Rosberger and the offensive line he had to deal with. I don't know what else you expect. I've always grown up on the idea that fantasy football volume is king. And what it really boils down to, I think, is that people just believe Najee Harris is an inefficient running back himself. I don't believe that. No. He does have some good pop. He does have some good power. And if they are able to get anybody out of the box, if Pickett and Mr. Trubisky can get anybody out of the box, I think you're going to see that come to fruition. Are you worried about his volume at all? Or, and do you think he could actually show us that there's a little more pop to his game if he has the opportunity to do so? Oh, d- uh, yes and yes. I don't even, like, no. Just stop worrying about Najee Harris, everybody. And d- d- stop. Just freaking stop it. It drives me crazy. Because just like you said, we're talking about touches. We are talking about uh, on the field. We are talking about production. Volume is king. And inefficiencies, yes. Uh, don't forget, they didn't have an offensive line. Or if they did, it was basically resembled Swiss cheese. So there was a lot of things that they had to overcome in the offseason. And hopefully they have done a good job of addressing those issues in order to help, you know, pass protect and run block and doing all the things that they need to do as an offensive line. But one thing I will point out here, I am I'm very curious because I think that Najee Harris can get higher like you want him to if Mitchell Trubisky is the starting quarterback because Mitchell Trubisky actually is sneaky mobile and I think that does nothing but help the running backs that are in this situation and I put an S on running backs there's just a running back and his name is Najee Harris there's no other questions about it well it makes me laugh because when they bring up this idea they're like oh well they're going to try to find ways to get Harris less workload with who Benny Snell, Anthony McFarlane, are you kidding me right now? There's nobody else to take any kind of workload away from him. So Najee Harris is one of my favorite RB1s to be able to take, one of the safest guys to take. Right now, if you're looking at ECR or or a lot of other guys, are talking about him as the the RB9 overall. He's a great value there. Ultimately, though, he's still going to be an RB1. There's another guy I want to talk about who's going to be an RB1, too, who I have as another obvious start on this list. That's Joe Mixon. So he's at RB7 ADP-wise. His rank is, my rank for him is RB6, right about there. The big thing for him last season was, can he stay healthy? And he did it. He actually played the entire year. That was the best part about him. And that was my that was my last year. Prove it to me this year, Joe is going to be out on him forever. So he finally was able to do it. Now this season, they're talking a little bit more, though, that while they were trying to get him worked into the receiving game last year, He's been too inefficient when it comes to pass protection. And now they're talking about, well, maybe it'll be Chris Evans as that third down back. And I, I remember a couple of years ago, Gino Bernard just being annoying when it came to the yes, Joe Mixon value. A great way to say fantasy annoying. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I, I worry about that happening again, but let's say it does happen. Is he still an RB1 in your book? Yeah, I say that with hesitation. Obviously, that wasn't as conviction, you know, riddled as my Najee Harris take was. I ah, I do have so many reservations when it comes to Joe Mixon that I don't have that same kind of confidence. So for me, if I can, I'm going to kind of avoid the situation for many, for many reasons that you just said. But main thing for me is going to be health. Now, does that mean I'm going to pass up on him? No, I will take him if that is the appropriate place where he falls to me. But what I'm going to need to do is then look at my roster and have a little bit of a safety valve that comes in that, which means I might pick up the Chris Evans later on just in case that this becomes something that I have to deal with. But we have so few teams left in the NFL that have a workhorse running back, right? It's moving towards this running back by committee. So sometimes you really just can't pass up in it. Like we talked about Najee Harris, it's volume. So do, do I love it? Like, eh, I really don't like what he's shown me in the past, but last year did prove me wrong. So, um, yeah, yeah, he, he will finish as a top 10 if he can stay on the field, but it's, it's not as, it's not as sexy as Najee Harris though, in my opinion. Well, no, I, I definitely agree with that, but let me, let me ask you this. We're trying to find where that, that line is. If you're in a 12 man league, a typical 12 man, let's say half point PPR league. And you have, let's say the ninth pick and Joe Mixon's there and he's the top running back on your board. Would you go Joe Mixer? Or you look at one of the wide receivers instead. 
Oh, I would go Joe Mixon. Yeah, okay. I would go Joe Mixon there. Yep, yep, yep. Wide receiver depth is incredible, especially this year with all these crazy moves that we had. So I don't know if I would be able to pass up on um, a definite stud running back um, just because I'm anxious about it or I have reservations about it. I mean, sometimes you just have to be realistic, right? So yeah, in that in that particular instance, I definitely would take him because the running back you know, value and you know talent uh, drains quickly when you're in a draft. Let's move into the Cleveland running backs. Another obvious start we have. Obvious starters. Welcome back, Captain Obvious. Yes, I am. I love me some Nick Chubb. I think one day he's going to be a top three running back. Right now his ADP sit at RB8. I'm actually a little bit lower at RB9 because there's just a lot of running backs that you know are going to be involved in the passing game. And you also have the factor of most likely for at least – a stretch of games. We're looking at Jacoby Brissett because the Browns have botched this thing so much with Baker Mayfield. They can't even go back to him. So we got to go all the way down to Jacoby Brissett, most likely being the starting quarterback. And we can lump Kareem Hunt into this conversation too. With Jacoby Brissett as a quarterback, are you worried at all about the ceilings? We know the floors are going to be there. The right. ceilings of a Nick Chubb or a Kareem Hunt. No, I'm not. Um, I'm not at all. Jacoby Brissett, yes, that's not really the elite type of quarterback that we would, you know, like to see in, well, let's say a Cleveland Browns fan would like to see, you know, leading the charge. But I'm I'm not, I'm not too worried. I think, I think Nick Chubb can do it. And I think with the way that Kevin Stefanski likes to run this offense is through those two guys. So again, I'm going to go back to, you know, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but I'm going to go back to the volume. And even though he may not be involved as heavily in the passing game, just like you were mentioning, I don't necessarily know if that is or believe that that is going to diminish his value so much that I'm going to be worried about his ceiling because there are going to be those games where he, like he did last year that he just explodes. And then they rely on Kareem Hunt for the pass catching role and safety valve. But, you know, when you have questions at quarterback and you got to back up in and not really the starter, I think they're going to be relying even more heavily on the run game than I think they have in the past. Well, and just to belabor your point, in case you are worried about the ceilings of, of these two players, last year, the, the numbers that Baker Mayfield put up, we're about the average efficiency marks of what Jacoby Brissett does when he's yes, the starter yes, good himself. Point. That's how bad Baker Mayfield was last season. So if Nick Chubb can finish on a points per game basis, the RB10 in that situation, and Kareem Hunt can finish as you know a top 24 running back in that situation, there's no reason to think they can't do it again here with yes. Jacoby Brissett. So from that standpoint, I'm not too worried about it. We'll always be pretty, probably not, but they're going to get there with the volume and with the offensive system. So ultimately, I'm not too worried about it. And here's something else, too. I, I made this point in, in last week's show um, when no, I can't draw, I'm drawing a blank on, on Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. If you find yourself in a situation where you drafted Nick Chubb first round, maybe the second round turn, depending upon where he falls to, and you're back in that third, fourth round and Kareem Hunt is on the board. Do not hesitate to pull the trigger on Kareem Hunt just because you have Nick Chubb. A lot of people seem to want to do that. because, like, oh, we want to maximize what we have here. When you have two guys who consistently finish as top 24 running backs, doesn't really matter if they're on the same team. I don't think so. No. And the thing that I really like about what you said is I was literally, are you in my mind? Cause I was literally just thinking the same great thing. Great minds think alike, Lauren. That's why. Yeah. But I totally agree with you on both counts. Yes. Great minds think alike, but also do not hesitate to take Kareem Hunt because what is the worst that can possibly happen? Okay. You have a healthy Kareem Hunt and you have a healthy Nick Chubb. Guess what? They, they operate in two completely different worlds as running backs for that team. So there is, of course, there is going to be crossover and they are going to be kind of working into each other's touches. I understand that. But at best, you now have the best insurance policy handcuff that you could possibly have for this run first team. And at worst, you have a flex, an easy peasy flex option. Just put him right in there. Don't worry about it. So if he is available, I would, even if you have Nick Chubb or not. But if you do, don't be like, uh, I can't really over dip in the same pool. It's rare, but these are one of those very rare circumstances where you can. And I 100% agree with that. And I would think people have learned their lesson by that by now, but I keep hearing over and over again how it's like, no, 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 you got to maximize this. But for anyone who's in my league, don't do that. Right. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, I understand it from a best ball perspective. Best ball is getting a little more popular right now. I can understand it from that perspective, but from redraft, there really should be no hesitation whatsoever. Mm -hmm. We have another duo running backs to talk about, and I have some red flags I want to look out for on these guys. 
be cautious of. Or we can be cautious of them, too. We got to be cautious about J.K. Dobbins. The reports coming out about him are really not that pleasant. And what did I just no. talk about a, a few minutes ago? This time of year, everything's everything's light, everything's fluff, everything's great, everything's wonderful. But then I'm hearing J.K. Dobbins, maybe he's not as far along as we want him to be. Maybe he's not going to be available at the start of training camp, even though he has, a full, compared to the other guys who've blown their ACLs this year, they're all talking about coming back early on. He had more time to recover than the rest of these guys. Now, obviously, not everyone has made the same. And guys, look out for August third, uh, I believe, is when we're going to have Brian Scott on to go over all of our injury updates with him, and I'm looking forward to that. But if he is not up to snuff, first of all, his ADP is going to have to drop because his ADP is at RB22, and I, I got him ranked right now at RB19. Assume he's going to be able to go. But look at Gus Edwards. His ADP is RB51. I got him ranked at RB46. That's a guy right now, if you're drafting early August, you got to target. Because if J.K. Dobbins can't come back, or if he's not ready to go right away, what are we looking at with Gus Edwards? Uh, the Gus bus is back, baby. Driving his way through the Ravens. Let's go. I am in that same boat, but I am cautiously optimistic when it comes to J.K. Dobbins. Now, the reason why we're making such a big deal out of this is I just want to reiterate everything that you just said. Normally, this time of year is like rainbows and like fairy farts of glitter and everything is happy and sunshine and rainbows. This is concerning. It is very concerning. Now, we still have time. I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, for me, what this does is I hope that J.K. Dobbins falls and keeps falling and keeps falling because this is another one of those situations where I don't mind taking both those guys. I do not mind because even if J.K. Dobbins can't go in the beginning of the season, if I can get him at a good enough value, not overpay, not you know try to reach for him too soon in a draft, and then he starts getting healthier and healthier, then, okay, I've got that safety plan. If not, I still got Gus Edwards. And you know what they do with these running backs. So – this is a, it's concerning, very, very, very concerning, which is why we're kind of making a big deal out of it. But I'm a uh, persistent optimist. So I am going to, you know, just put that good juju out into the ether to be like, get healthy, J.K. Dobbins, but tell everyone that you're not so I can get you really late in the draft. <laughs> Woo. I don't know I, if it's working. Do you think it's working? I hope so. I do. He's a tremendous talent. I, with that offense in particular, I want to see him with a full season and just let him go. He better not be in preseason. If he's healthy, they better not run him in preseason because I don't think it's like Murphy's law. He's going to get guaranteed to get hurt. Like, no, at this point, I think the old school mentality is finally gone where I don't think we don't see running backs in preseason anymore. Thankfully, because it doesn't make any sense not to, to do that anyway. Um, My hope is with his talent, he's going to be able to get his opportunity because I would love to see what he's able to do. Remember, Devonta, the ghost of Devonta Freeman was actually fantasy relevant in this oh offense. God, okay. <laughs> Just think about what JK Dobbins was able to do in that, in that sense. So I love him, but we are a little bit concerned. So keep that in mind as we get closer yes. to August, hopefully we'll get a little more clarification. What we want to do now though, is take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we got wide receivers and tight ends to talk about. So everybody stay tuned to the MD's fantasy football show. We'll be back right after this. It's winter time. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike, and we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Sweaty Sack Summer is approaching, and it's time for you to prioritize the comfort of your crotch. That's why the kings of crotch comfort, Manscaped, have spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. I've had the honor of testing out these new boxers, and I can say it's the softest fabric of any underwear. So breathable that it's like gills for your groin. They even trademarked the jewel pouch, so you know it's serious. 
I think it's time you invest in your family jewels. So let your bulge breathe and get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. Let's say you're on a date and your partner catches that manscape on the waistband of your underwear. It's almost guaranteed to raise some eyebrows and act like a billboard on the highway to Pleasure Town. This is thanks to the Lawnmower 4.0, the best electric trimmer for below-the-waist grooming. This trimmer offers skin-safe technology designed to trim hair on loose skin. Outside of just ball trimming, they're now focusing their efforts on helping out your thigh slappers in other ways with game-changing boxers. These boxer features include the Jewel Pouch, a pouch designed to cradle your boys in their own special space, lined with perforated performance fabric, and keep them well ventilated. Basically, just imagine your balls sipping pina coladas, chilling on a hammock on some tropical beach. Get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. One more time. That's promo code BELLYUPFANTASY to get 20% off and free shipping. Once the Boxers 2.0 touch your sack, you'll never go back. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. And we are back on the MD's Fantasy Football Show with, after playing a great commercial when you have two women on the show with you. Uh, <laughs> but it's all good and fun. We are talking about the AFC North. I'm your host, Dan Mater. I'm joined here with stepmom, Lauren. Lauren Carpenter of the Fantasy Sports Writers Association. Very happy to have you on. We got the wide receivers and tight ends to talk about now. So let's kick it off with our obvious starter right off the bat. Obvious starters. Welcome back, Captain Obvious. Yes, I am. All, and of course, it's Jamar Chase, right? Jamar Chase, ADP, wide receiver three. I have him ranked in my wide receiver three. He's awesome. He's great. He's electric. He's fantastic. Not much else to really say about him. The only thing, if you want to start diving into some of the minutia of it is T. Higgins got off to a slow start. Not from a target perspective, but from an overall production's perspective last year. After he finally got over the hump, was about week 12. Week 12 through week 18, Higgins was actually a little bit ahead of Chase. He was wide receiver six. Chase was wide receiver seven. And of course, we're nitpicking there. But just to kind of illustrate that, there is a little bit of a possible, I don't even want to say downside, but you're drafting Chase as your wide receiver three. You want him to perform there or be the wide receiver one overall. There's a chance maybe he's closer to that five, six range because T. Higgins is that good. But ultimately, are you worried about spending the draft capital on Jamar Chase at wide receiver three? No, no, not worried at all. Not worried at all. I understand why some people can be turned off by it because it's like, oh, okay, well, it's not the it's not the obvious, right? It's not the old school Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers or the old school Tyreek Hill with Patrick Mahomes, which I'm still trying to wrap my head around that whole entire situation. And I don't know if I'm going to believe it until I actually visually see it in a game, but Either way, um, I just I think this is great for both of these wide receivers. I'm not worried about Jamar Chase, and I'm also not worried about T. Higgins either. Yeah, let, let's lock in T. Higgins real quick. Lock him in. It's a lock. His ADP wide receiver 12. I'm actually right there with the ADP. I have him at ranked at wide receiver 12 as well. And just talking about that start, if he gets off to that better start, he's a wide receiver one. This offense can very much sustain two top 10 wide receivers. There's no doubt about it. We talked about the, the, what Joe Burrow might do as far as volume goes, how this offense might run. And again, I go back to the Tampa Bay example. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, when they're both healthy, both out there on the field with Tom Brady, they're both wide receiver ones. It's just how it kind of breaks down. With T. Let's, let's have a little fun. What chances do you think it would have for Jamar Chase and T. Higgins to finish as the wide receiver one and two overall? Oh, oh, I like this. Is it likely? I don't think so, but it could be really, really, really close. But that would be awesome. And I, I think we live in a world where that could happen. But I don't know if it's going to be likely, but that was really exciting just to think about that. That was super cool. I think it's one of the few times I think it's even possible. Yeah. And so I kind of just wanted to it's put on the it table. Out it's on the table. And that's why I urge you guys, if you're, if you're doing best ball drafts right now, which I do a lot of this time of year, because kind of, I feel like it's the best way to get, to get prepared as I knock lights over here in my studio. Oh, don't worry. My dog was literally like trying to <laughs> eat through the door. So it's totally fine. <laughs> um, 
the, the one thing that I really want to see is that people start to stat, double stack them because right now, Joe Burrow, he's going in that fifth round. He's a little bit higher in best ball leagues. So he's going in that fifth round territory. If you can make sure you early stack Chase and Higgins, you can still get Burrow. You can get all three. I think it's going to be a way to go this season. And it has, has that kind of potential, that kind of opportunity. Uh, but let's move into another guy that mm, might be a little bit more unsure of, but I still have him as a lock him in. Lock him in. It's a lock. As I fix my lighting situation while we go to that <laughs> little break, too. That's how quick it is, people. That's how professional it is over here at the NBC Fantasy Football Show. <laughs> like I said, meanwhile, my dog was being crazy, and I'm like, bye, I gotta go. I stuffed her in her crate. Poor thing. <laughs> we do the best we can. That's all you we can way. ever ask for. <laughs> So Deontay Johnson, his ADP, wide receiver 14. I got him ranked at wide receiver 13. Everybody keeps questioning over and over and over again. Does it matter that you don't have Ben Roethlisberger anymore? And I keep saying no. I kind of made this point a little bit earlier. Trubisky and Kenny Pickett, what is their strengths? Intermediate to short passing. How is that different than Ben Roethlisberger? Yes, they can get a left pass a little bit more down the line of scrimmage. But that means you're still going to be leaning on the guy who gets the best separation, the guy who runs the best routes. That's hands down Deontay Johnson. And what I don't think people realize is that Deontay Johnson, if he if he ever gets a competent quarterback, maybe he doesn't if he resigns the Steelers. I don't know. But if he ever does, <laughs> he's going to be a superstar wide receiver. Oh, yeah. That's the talent level this guy has. I honestly, and I'm putting this out there now, I don't see a difference between him and Antonio Brown in his heyday. Very similar type of receivers that just get open because they run routes over and over and over again and get the separation. But do you have any concerns about Deontay Johnson being able to repeat his performance from last season? I don't. And I and for two reasons here, he is going to be seeing the volume. Like we just keep harping on this. I get it. But he's going to have so many targets. It's not going to matter. And like you said, these are the intermediate routes. I'm more worried about Chase Claypool. Like, I'm not worried about Deontay Johnson. And another thing, just because Ben Roethlisberger isn't there doesn't mean Deontay Johnson can't get it done. He got it done with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. <laughs> He's okay. Don't yes. worry about him. Don't worry about him. He's going to be all right. Just by as volume much alone. As much as I'm not Trubisky and Kenny Pickett fan, they're still better than Mason Rudolph <laughs> I know, I'm telling you. He was really good with those two options. So... I'm I'm not worried about Deontay Johnson. Well, let's let's lump Chase Claypool and and frankly the rest of the Steelers con- receivers into the in the same conversation real quick. Uh, right now, Claypool his ADP is at wide receiver 41. I got him ranked at wide receiver 52. And again, this goes back to these are not deep ball throwers that are replacing Ben exactly. Roethlisberger. I don't think he suddenly has the upside form. And I was way down on him last year because I was pointing out the fact that if his touchdown efficiency goes down at all, this was not a guy who catches a high percentage of his targets. This is a guy who only runs one to two patterns, and I didn't see an improvement in any of those factors either. They draft George Pickens, which signifies to me, you ain't coming back this past season. I keep hearing crazy things about, oh, we might move him to tight end, or we might flex him over here. So I guess let's start with the obvious. Does George Pickens, is there a chance that he just overtakes Claypool sooner rather than later? I don't know about this year. There is a possibility that it could be uh, the following year. This year, it might start. We might see that progression. Um, and like we just keep going, coming back to this. And I, I'm sorry, I'm repeating myself over and over again. But we're not talking about deep throwers here. Right. These two guys are not. Mitchell Trubisky is not. Um, you know, Small Hands Pickett is not. So there's. It's just not what he is good at. And he. I don't want to call him a one-trick pony because that has a really like negative connotation to it. That's not what I mean. But what I do mean is that he excels very well in a more limited capacity than what other players on that team have. So I don't know if he's going to be seeing the amount of targets and the amount of volume that's going to make him fantasy relevant, him meaning Chase Claypool. And that does open up the door for someone like Pickens to come in. I just don't know if the talent of quarterback is there quite yet. Um, we'll see where that goes. Cause that obviously is going to be the number one sign for both of those guys. So dynasty, you know, not even a question for Pickens here, but um, for redraft, I'm staying completely away from from those wide receivers. The only one I want is Deontay Johnson. I am staying away from Claypool. I faded him last year as well. The signs are on the wall here. Um, and I think he could be gadgety, uh, but people are really trying to think back to what he was as opposed to where he is going. And that's, it's kind of dangerous territory. The recency bias here that we have from not even last year, but the year, you know, year prior to that, I'm worried about it. Yeah. yeah. And you're not being negative. You're just, you're putting out what it is. Claypool is not fantasy relevant unless he has the big play available to him. Yes. Plain and simple. Just what it boils down to at the end of the day. 
I comped him to Martavius Bryant when he first came out in the NFL draft. And so far, he's kind of playing out the exact same way. And it's an exciting skill set. You'll love to see it. It's great for DFS. It's great for best ball, but not consistency when it comes to redraft, especially when he's in this situation with these quarterbacks that he's having to deal with. So we talked enough about the Steeler wide receiver. Let's talk about somebody who's really exciting and on my radar. I'm looking out for this guy. Look out for. Look out for Rashad Bateman. Right now, his ADP at wide receiver 40. I got him at wide receiver 24. He is my back end wide receiver two. Will the Ravens pass a little bit less? Probably, especially if they have a healthy Lamar Jackson, a healthy running game, and a healthy defense, because there's a lot of variables why they had to throw the ball as much as they did last season. But let's not forget, Marquise Brown had 140 targets last year. And I that shocked this. me. That yeah. shocked me. When I saw that his vacated targets were that high, I'm like, when did that happen? Like, I don't recall seeing that many. <laughs> what? It blew my mind because I was like, okay, there is a path for Mr. Bateman here. Continue. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but like, no. it blew me away when I saw that. <laughs> Absolutely. And I will tell you why you don't remember it, Lauren. You don't remember it because he had less than a 60% catch rate. That's why you don't remember it. Oh, it didn't yeah. produce into anything. Why? Because Marquise Brown does not fit the Greg Roman system. I was so happy they shipped him out to Arizona. He's going to be much better off in that system from overall productivity standpoint. Rashad Bateman. What's the difference between a Rashad Bateman and Sammy Watkins in his prime with Greg Roman in that similar type of offense? That's what he is. So he is a guy that I'm sitting there. You're drafting as a wide receiver for. It's an absolute steal. These are the guys that I go in through my cheat sheet and I make my little my little notes for myself. And I say, this guy, make sure you draft him around the head of this ADP because I want to make sure I get him. And he's still a value if you yep. go ahead and do that. I mean, go ahead. You know, t- talk about Rashad Bateman for me. I love him. I'm throwing up hearts over here for anyone who's just listening and not watching. There's so much opportunity here for Rashad Bateman, and he really showed that he has the the talent, and he flashed, as we like to say, in the fantasy industry last year. And with the departure of Hollywood Brown only gives him even more opportunity, and he was able to get it done, which is super impressive. And I am very, very excited, and I'm mostly excited by exactly what you said, Dan. It's, um, it's this value. Even if you did draft him a little bit higher than what he's – going at it's still a value for what you're going to get out of him of course if he can stay healthy blah 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 we always throw that caveat out in there because really your two pass catchers on that team are going to be mark andrews and rashad bateman so when they throw which they will have to uh it's going to be those two guys yeah it's consolidated so i, I don't care yep. if you're a run first team that's fine they last year they were 54 percent pass team to 46 percent run that's the first time since greg roman's taken over they're actually a little bit more pass than they were run even if they revert back and go out and go back to 48% of the time being a pass team, you're still looking at Rashad Bateman easily walking in to 120 targets alongside of Mark Andrews. That is top 12 wide receiver volume level. Now, I don't quite have him that high. He's still got to prove it. But this is a guy who fits that system, who can run all the routes. You want you want Rashad Bateman this year. Don't let him slip and fall to you. Don't let him. Don't let him. Don't let him. Oh, no. And anyone listening to this, Rashad Bateman sucks. Those people who are in my league, you know who you are. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, there's another guy that we got to look out for that I'm, I'm not as excited about. Look out for. We're looking out for Amari Cooper. Now, his ADP right now is wide receiver 19. I do have him ranked at wide receiver 17, but that's purely in reflection of if Deshaun Watson were to play week one, and he has that quarterback, and he's the wide receiver one, and really, frankly, the only true wide receiver on that team, the volume will be there. So I have him ranked there until we finally get some updates on the Watson of it all. Assuming, though, going back the other way, the more interesting analysis of it is that if it's Kobe Brissett. Now, Brissett can, he can feature one wide receiver, but it's going to kind of be like, could be kind of like Ben featuring one wide receiver with, with the exception of not having as many targets available to him. And that's my problem with Amari Cooper. I think he's going to be incredibly inefficient. He could be looking at 100 to 110 targets, possibly just because of the given situation that he finds himself in. But he's always been a low touchdown guy. He's that hasn't really been a big play guy throughout his career. And if he's getting targeted closer and closer to the line of scrimmage, maybe at best he's a driver's Landry, which would kind of make him more of a wide receiver three. But do you see anything different with Amari Cooper? I'm on the same page as you. I am fading Amari Cooper into the lonely sunset with tumbleweeds, which is Cleveland, just so you know. 
Anyway, I'm, I'm totally ripping on Cleveland right now. I've never even been there. I'm kidding, guys. Um, no, but Amari Cooper does worry me for the exact same reasons that you're saying. I don't care who's a quarterback. This situation is just not only is there quarterback questions that we have to figure out here too, but just the offense on its own. Like I said, they're they're it's going through Kareem Hunt. It's going through Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt is an excellent pass catcher as well, and there's just not enough volume there for me to want to have him on my squad where he's going in ADP. Now, if he starts falling, then that's something I I, I wouldn't mind, but way too rich for my blood where he's at right now. We're, it's not going to be the same Amari Cooper that we knew of in Dallas. Just Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner understand that and then you won't be surprised if you take him 100 a lot of this has to do with drafting against the adp you don't want to overdraft he's right. got potential being overdrafted written all over him as much as we talked about the Bengals' offense there is one guy i'm a bit worried about be cautious of that's tyler boyd now his adp right now is wide receiver 47 so you wouldn't be spending a huge price tag on him anyway but i do have him at wide receiver 58 so i'm staying far far away from tyler boyd now i will say this in his defense it surprised me you know back when i go through my numbers that he actually finished the wide receiver 31 last season in half point ppr leagues and it's shocking he finished that high because there wasn't a time and place i could ever think of where i wanted to start a tyler boyd and when I dove into it, I looked back at my consistency grades, and that's because, well, he never had a top 12 finish. He had no ceiling to his game whatsoever. So that's part of it. He's a great receiver. He's a great talent. Is there any chance he can get into more of the target rotation going on between the other two? Or is just those are just his guys, and this is how it's going to be? Oh, the second part, the latter. I, uh, I And I love Tyler Boyd, too. Like, I was... Super excited when Jamar Chase was drafted, and then I just became super sad because it was kind of obvious what was going to happen here. It was either going to be T. Higgins, likely Tyler Boyd. Um, again, this is one of those unique situations where it is they are such a talented elite team now with a with sustainability for multiple pass catchers that if Tyler Boyd falls late enough. And I need to fill out my bench or I need to, you know, I want to snag a guy speculatively. He's going to be on the top of that list because God forbid anything happens to any of those wide receivers. At least I have Tyler Boyd because you know he's going to be getting targets then. So if he can fall late enough, then I won't mind having him. But if he is going too high, I you can't rely on him. You're not going to have that consistency that you look for in fantasy. He's just not going to. Um, and it's not because he's not good. It's, it's No, like that team is really, really, really good. It's just that Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are also very, very good. So there's a lot of talent that goes around there, too. And unfortunately, someone does have to suffer, you know, the lack of targets because of that. And I think that is Tyler Boyd. But if he has at the right price. I'm well, gonna pick him up. And let's talk about that right now because right now I don't think he's at that right price. The ADP at wide receiver 47, you think to yourself, it's way well, too that's high. A, that's a low end wide receiver four. I'm like, oh, yeah. it's not that bad. But it is because when you look at who else way is involved in that range, you're talking about Christian Kirk, you're talking about Chris Olave, you're talking about Alan Lazard, all guys that have higher, way higher upside. Give me Alan Lazard all day long. Exactly. I would take any one of those three guys over. Tyler Boyd there and that's where he still has to come down before I start to consider him uh in my range but if he goes anywhere I do want to see for dynasty standpoint he's supposed to leave Cincinnati after this season keep your eye on him don't yes. give up on the dynasty standpoint because he is a very good receiver he winds up in a better situation where he's up more closer to the top of the food chain Tyler Boyd will be back to being a pretty consistent guy that you can rely on for fantasy purposes. And you know what would be really helpful is if he's in another uniform, then I won't constantly be mistaking him for T. Higgins because their numbers, aren't they like 86 and like... 86 and 83? 83. Yeah. It's impossible. So when I see the eight, when someone's celebrating a touchdown, I'm like, Tyler Boyd. Oh, every time. I'm I'm sick of that. I I don't want to be confused any longer. Well, that was like, and I think a lot of people have had this example, but that was like for me last year when watching Saquon Barkley and Devontae Booker, I couldn't <laughs> tell which one was which. And that was what was sad about Saquon last year. They looked yeah. actually the same athletically. Uh, but that's a story for another day. Let's talk about our tight ends. Let's talk about an obvious start for the tight ends. 
Obvious Starters. Welcome back, Captain Obvious. Yes, I am. Mark Andrews, you made me look like a genius last year because I was huge on Mark Andrews. Me too. ADP tight end two. I have him ranked at tight end two. I think last year I had him ranked, I believe, and it was at least inside the top four. I might have had him in the top three over Darren Waller. I don't expect him to get 153 targets again this season. I'll put that out there, but reduce that by 30 to 40. We're still talking 110 targets. The only tight ends who get over 100 targets on a consistent year-to-year basis are the top three tight ends. It's Travis Kelsey. Darren Waller might not even be that candidate this year. Kyle Pitts will probably hit that mark this season. Those are the guys that are in that range. That's why he always has that big floor. I think he did take the next step up in showing his athletic ability last season. And I keep going back to Lamar getting more efficient again in the red zone. He gets more efficient in the red zone. Mark Andrews will be a big part of that. The touchdown, there is room for him to actually grow in that department, believe it or not, for, for Mark Andrews there. So, yeah, I mean, is there is there anything, let's, let's put it this way for you, is there any reason why you don't think Andrews would finish as a top three tight end this past this Oh, season? no. No, he's up there. He's He'll be up there. And I'm actually not as worried about his target share as you are. I don't think it's going to drop by very much because don't forget, Hollywood Brown is no longer there. And that is 140 targets that are up for grabs without much replacement in the meantime, right? So I'm not I'm not really as worried. And I, honestly, I just like you said, I, I think we're only I think we might only be going up if we can, you know, increase that that touchdown number too. I'm very excited about Mark Andrews and I'm glad he pulled through for me because I was the same way and I, I didn't want to be like fool me thrice. Shame on everyone, right? <laughs> I just I needed I needed some Mark Andrews love in my life, and I'm happy that it all came to fruition last year because it made me very happy to see that. But I think he um I think he has every opportunity to finish number one. Well, and I'll put this this way: he would be my number one if it wasn't for the fact that Tyreek Hill wasn't on the Chiefs anymore. And that's where I was just like, all right, I have to keep Travis Kelsey there because your target share, you it might be insane without Tyreek <laughs> Hill. So, but if it wasn't for that, I think I was about ready to make that switch had it not right. been for that trade earlier on. But let's lock in this next guy. Lock him in. It's a lock. I'm locking in Pat Furmuth as a top twelve tight end. His ADP right now, tight end ten. I have him at tight end eleven. As more of just a reflection of it's a quarterback switch. Will you be targeted as much as you were with Ben Roethlisberger? Maybe some of the volume takes a step back. He did have an incredibly high touchdown rate at 8.8% last season. That could revert to the more average, about 6.4% for tight ends, especially for the top echelon tight ends. So he might not be the top eight guy that he was last season, but is he on your radar as a top 12 guy or... Is there other tight ends in that range that you just rather take a shot on because you can draft them a little bit later and they have a little more potential? What, what are you thinking? Oh, I love me some Pat Fryermuth. Yes, please. I do. I believe he can finish in his top 10, actually, if if everything goes according to plan, like, you know, we all want it to. Um, I think there is a road, there is a path for him to finish as a, as a tight end one. Um, and I'm not worried about it. And he's one of those tight ends that you can wait on, which is rare. Right. So we have our elites and then everybody else. Like that's kind of how, you know, the right. tight end landscape looks like. And he is one of those kind of sneaky pickups that you can, you know, fill out your roster with some of those bigger names at other positions. And then you can get him a little bit later in the draft. And I, I like what he's able to do because he's always on the field. He's always on the field. He's always available. He's a big body red zone target for either a rookie quarterback or a perennial almost used to be starting backup quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky. So, I, I like what he can do. I like what he's shown that he can do. And he has the opportunity, which I think, obviously, besides volume, opportunity is the next thing that you need in fantasy football. So I agree. I, I really like Pat Firemuth as well. Yeah, it's 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 funny. I find myself in a bittersweet situation with him because I agree with all that. I think, he, I think he very much can be a top 10 guy. He belongs as a top 12 guy. Right now, his ADP would have him going in the eighth round, roughly about there. But I also feel like there's other guys that are right behind him that I'm like, if I can wait to the 12th round and take uh, somebody off uh, an Albert O or punt on the position and take a couple of those guys, I'm I'm torn about which one I'd rather do at this moment. But Pat Freeman is that guy. If you don't get those top elite echelon guys and you just want to be safe at the tight end position, you don't want to be streaming all year long. That's what you go with there in the eighth round. So his his price is exactly where he should be uh, mm-hmm. right there with Pat Freeman. 
couple other guys I want to look out for in the look AD. out for. So I'm looking out for David Nujoku. Now he has probably kind of been a buzzword around the uh, the fantasy industry as a sleeper tight end. His right now his ADP is at tight end 16. I got him at tight end 21. Couple reasons. Even if Watson were to play, Watson doesn't have the habit of featuring his tight ends. Now you can make the argument he hasn't had a really good tight end, and that would be completely and utterly fair. But I would also argue this. Just because they paid David Njoku doesn't really mean anything in Cleveland. They paid Austin Hooper a crap load of money to rotate him with two other tight ends and not really give him the opportunity to be the guy. So I don't think that means as much when you're talking about the Cleveland Browns. And while I like Njoku's talent, he finds ways to just not be on the field all the time and not be available. But Lauren, are you part of the David Njoku can be a sleeper tight end this year? Oh, no, 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 no. Stay far away. If you haven't sensed a trend, I'm fading Cleveland, except for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Just so you know, in case it wasn't super obvious, like our Captain Obvious graphic that we have going, which I absolutely love. Um, no, I don't know. Money does not equal fantasy points. Okay. Just like, just that is just how it goes. Like, I no, st- I stay away. I, I'm like struggling to speak. That's how much I'm like, eh, repulsed. I can't. No, I'll do it. I used to be a huge David Njoku fan too, but the way that everything has been turning, if you will, it's not in his favor. I don't trust it. I'm staying as far away as I can. There's a lot of red flags. There, there really Lots. is. The, the things going for him now, of course, that you know Hooper's out of the way, and we are looking at tight ends can sometimes break out a little bit later on in their careers, and we have, do have a precedence for that. And that's all fine and dandy. But with everything going on right now in Cleveland, I think there's just other tight ends going in that range. I especially now with Cameron Brait. Cameron Brait yes. should be going about that range. That's who I would be looking at instead of a David Njoku for sure. Let's talk about our last guy real quick. Look out for. Let's look out for Hayden Hurst. On the on the flip side, so no one's going to draft Hayden Hurst. His ADP is at tight end 27. I have him ranked at tight end 25. So you're not going to draft him. But I think he, his name. When I already know, I can already see it happening. Every waiver wire show, his name's going to come up in my tight end grouping as far as a waiver wire tight end to go ahead and check out. First of all, he's going to be on the field all the time because Hayden Hurst actually blocks. Look at a la Tyler Higby. I don't know if there's a real difference between Hayden Hurst's talent and Tyler Higby's talent and the way Zach Taylor is probably going to want to use him. Is that a fantasy relevant tight end every single week? No, but when you're looking at streaming options, is definitely a guy you're considering because he's going to be on the field all the time and you know he can be effective in the red zone. Uh, CJ Usama last year, he finished as the tight end 19 and he wasn't out in the field all the time because he doesn't block the way Hayden Hurst does. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about Hurst this season? Do you think we should keep our eye out on him? I think if you don't have um, a last round dart throw, he's one that you, you wouldn't be wasted. Um, but like you said, he's likely going to be on the waiver wire and we will be talking about how much fab we have to put on him to get him after week one, because, you know, without a doubt, he's probably going to score two touchdowns week one. Right. I mean, that's just how it's going to go because no one has him on their team. And it's like, oh, my God, Hayden Hurst, how did we ever lose faith? And then it's going to be a, a similar situation here. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued with him because we have been talking about the Bengals and their ability to sustain multiple pass catchers in that offense. But there's a hierarchy here where these targets go. And I don't like the um, lack of consistency that that position for the Bengals sees. Now, he does have higher opportunity, just like you said, because he is a better pass blocker. Um, and just just beefier than <laughs> CJ Sama. Like, just, I don't know. For some reason, that just makes a difference. I love Hayden Hurst, by the way. He's super cool. He has a really great uh, mental health foundation that is uh, really, really neat that I usually try to be a part of. Anyway, I digress. That marathon, by the way, uh, that marathon is going to happen in a couple of weeks, I believe, right? I know, and I'm going to be out of town. I'm normally on that, and I'm going to be out of town, and I won't be able to do it. I'm super bummed. Yeah, yeah but That's everyone, right, make sure you go ahead and, and check and check that out because it is. Yeah, it's it is really cool. Really it's really cool. So I'm that. intrigued. I'm intrigued. I don't. So that's why I wouldn't mind taking like a, a dart throw on him if I have the room. If I have the, the room on my bench to do so, or if I don't have any other names, let's say it's like the very last one and he's there. Um, definitely going to keep my eye on him though because he does have the talent and he will be on the field. But there are other ones that I know are going to be a little bit more productive, at least in the beginning. I think will be more productive. Yeah, I, I, I definitely. <laughs> if agree. he scores two touchdowns in week one, we need it's, to make some kind of money. <laughs> all hell's gonna break loose. I will look. I'll Black play hole, I will uh, have him on some of my DFS teams. That will be a thing. Now I will too. <laughs> That's gonna do it for today's show. 
Lauren had a wonderful time having you on. It was absolutely a great show. I, at least I think so. It was. Well, anyway. even though my dog was trying to like talk the whole time and chew through the door, it's and... on par for the course of this show. It's, it's... <laughs> Poorly. <laughs> we're, we're giving MD Nation exactly what they've been asking for. Yes. Danielle, how about you come back on in here real quick as we close out the show too? Uh, so guys, make sure you check her. Make sure you check her out, Stepmom Lauren. But what do you have coming up that we can all go ahead and uh, check out? Oh my! I, I don't know if we have enough time. So um, I work for lots of different networks, but for all the basically off-season work. It's a lot of article work. A um, couple videos I have out here and there, but you guys can check out all of my work on my website, which is stepmomlauren.com. And you can find me on all the social medias, the socials, as those young kids say. Daniel's like, no, you don't. No, no one says that. No one ever says that. <laughs> but you can find me on social media at stepmomlauren, L-A-U-R-E-N. Come talk to me. I really like chatting about football. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, like, so look, guys, we're going to be on vacation next week, so there won't be a show for that. But July 21st, we're coming back with the NFC West with Bob Lung. We're going to talk a little bit of the Fancy Expo because we are going to be going to the Fancy Expo this year, running a booth. Oh, you're going to be there? I'm going to be there. Laura's going to be there. Oh, we're going to get to meet in person. I can't wait now. Super excited. Uh, absolutely <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, we're going to talk about that and what we're what you're going to have to look forward to and a little NFC West talk as well. Uh, Danielle, you do some content, too, for the Belly Up Sports Network while you're interning. So why, where can people follow you at right now? You can follow me at Danielle Dubois on Twitter and Danielle underscore dubs on Instagram. And make sure to follow the Belly Up Sports TikTok, just Belly Up Sports, to see what content I post for the company. And she does a great job. She's got a bright future in front of her. Guys, we're going to see you real soon in a couple of weeks. Everybody take care. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.